You are listening to Takedowns to Breakdowns. <laughs> Dude, that's there's something about the sound of a liver shot. Like a body like a good body shot. Usually they're hooks and they just it sounds like a gunshot. Yeah. Like like the one we just heard of Aaron Pico. Yep. That was like a like wham and the whole crowd heard it and the whole crowd was like, Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was sick. I mean, don't get me wrong, Jose Aldo's liver shot on uh, Jeremy Stevens last Saturday was also super impressive. Mm-hmm. But there's something about the sound. It just ooh. It's like a whip almost. Like it's yeah, it's just there's so much force behind it. And the other thing is that in my opinion, in my limited opinion, I think those kind of shots come from extensive boxing work. Because it's not really a Muay Thai move to do like a step in hook to no. the liver. That's a boxing strike. Yes. It's not really a karate strike. Oh, I'm gonna set up a liver shot to then no, no, it's it's that's a boxing move. It's using your footwork to footwork to step in either off of the right hook or like a right jab to come in with the left hook to the body. Yep. Like that's a boxing move. And Jose Aldo was seen um in his training camp uh doing a lot of boxing work, like in a boxing ring. So that kind of makes sense as to how he nailed Jeremy Stevens with that with that liver shot. Mm-hmm. Aaron Pico, uh who's a Bellator fighter. If you guys don't know Aaron Pico, please look Aaron Pico highlights on YouTube and watch this guy just devastate people. Yeah. And how um, old is he again? I think he's 20. Wow. I think he's 20. So like he was praised as being like this protege, this this prodigy of MMA because he was dominating in wrestling and he was dominating in boxing and then he said I'm going to make the decision to fight in MMA. And everybody said, "Oh my god, like this kid is so good at boxing and so good at wrestling, he's going to come in and decimate people." Uh you saw that highlight when he went up against uh, a veteran in and Bellator. I forget I forget that his first fight. I forget the guy's name. I think it was Morrison. Yes. Was it Zach? I yeah, think it was Morrison. Zach, Zach Morrison. If I'm wrong, please tweet at tweet at me and yell at me about it, but it's um, he lost. He lost to a veteran. And everybody was like, oh, you can't throw this young kid to the deep waters like that against a guy who's been fighting for so long. So then Aaron Pico came back in a second fight, which we just watched with that with that liver shot. Yes. That, wow. And that was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, oh. And ever since then, he's just been knocking people. Yeah. Like crumpling bodies or knocking them sleepy time. Like that mm-hmm. last fight, the, for the first highlight I showed you. Yes. Dude straight up went to sleep just... Yeah, it just fell. Definitely a dominant left side for sure. His hooks and uppercuts are just nasty. Yeah, it's because yeah. he's got. He knows how to rip them. Yeah, he knows how to just boom, just come through on a hook. Yeah. Oh, God. and his timing is so good with it. Like that knockout, the guy stepped in, coming up because uh, Pico threw what he threw like a jab, cross, like stepping cross, and then the guy kind of like circled out, started to come back in after he circled, not thinking that Pico would have a hook ready. Mm-hmm. And wham, or not, not that was yeah, a hook. And that was just or an uppercut to the face and just sleepy time. Yeah. Sleepy time tea. Holy shit. Um anyways, everybody, um I'm as, uh, we're hoping that you saw something of Saturday even though the numbers for UFC Calgary were super fucking low apparently. Everybody's been talking about how it was like one of the lowest watched events they've had. Really? Yeah, I think it was like 100,000 views or something like super low. Super, super low. Even though Eddie Alvarez was facing off against Dustin Poirier. Even though um, you had uh, Jose Aldo versus Jeremy Stevens. Yep. Um, not like the rest of the card was a banger, 
but that was a fun card. There were a lot. There was a lot of action throughout the entire night. Yeah. So I'm surprised people didn't tune in. But yeah, everybody's been complaining about how it's like the lowest rated card or lowest watched card in quite some time. It's interesting. Yeah. So, um, Jose Aldo's back in the win column. What do you think about that? I feel like since he got knocked out by, by McGregor, it's been. It, there's been like a, a a rain cloud over only him. How many fights has he had since then? Is this was this his comeback? No, no, no. He fought. He lost to Max Holloway twice. That's right. Yeah, he beat Frankie Edgar. Well, the immediate fight afterwards was uh, Frankie Edgar, I believe. Okay, and he beat Frankie Edgar at UFC 200. And then he, I think, I believe he then fought Max Holloway, and he lost twice. And then he, yeah. So he, pretty sure. I mean, we can look it up. I can look it up right now. But I'm pretty sure that was the, um. That was the history of okay. what, he, what he had since Conor McGregor. And then Conor this McGregor. fight here. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but long story short, he's like officially in the win column. Because beating beating Frankie Edgar the way he did, I feel like he didn't get a lot of... Um, yeah, he lost He lost the belt to Conor McGregor. He uh, came back and won against uh, Frankie Edgar. He, uh, he lost to max holloway he lost again to max holloway now he's back in the win so i feel like nobody gave him his due against frankie edgar because with frankie edgar i believe he because of the first fight with him and frankie every everybody kind of looked at it as is jose aldo damaged forever from conor mcgregor or is jose aldo going to come back and take it against um well we have we've definitely seen that a lot with a lot of the kings and queens i guess i should put it you know these veteran fighters like look at what happened to anderson silva you know, mm-hmm. whether the guy was using or not, or, you know, I feel like, you know, same thing with Ronda Rousey. It's like you get that first loss and, I mean, look at Anderson, 12 years? It changes you, yeah. Like yeah. I mean, yeah. he was just devastated mentally, and he's been off his game since. Yeah. I mean, there's. I feel like there's very few people who can handle loss very well, but Josie Aldo, I think, got, and ironically, actually, just like how Anthony Pettis, I wrote an article about Anthony Pettis. Mm-hmm. I also wrote an, an article about Jose Aldo um, called Predator or Prey. And in the article on the takedowns to breakdowns.wordpress.com site, it was about is Jose Aldo no longer that scary, intimidating champion who's going who's gonna to reign dominance over his opposition? Not because of the lost to Conor McGregor, but because you began to see in the Max Holloway fight specifically you saw somebody. Yes, you, we could also give much praise to Max Holloway for being a fucking badass. But Jose Aldo looked pr- pretty mortal against Max Holloway. Yeah. Against every other fighter, like except for Conor McGregor, Jose Aldo walks into the cage. They close it. He starts going, and he he looks ferocious. You can't catch him with his head moving. You can't catch him because he jumps out so fast. You mm-hmm. can't take him down because he explodes out of takedown so quickly. He looks unstoppable. Yeah. Then he got knocked out in 13 seconds. Then he came back against a guy he already fought before, Frankie Edgar, who he beat already. So nobody was surprised that he beat Frankie again. If anything, people were mad that it was so boring because Jose was so much better. Yeah. He would tag Frankie and then step back out. And How just far dance. did that match go? That went the distance. Okay. That's why people were booing him because he wasn't going for the kill because he knew he was up so high on the on the scorecards. He was like, I can keep playing tag with Frankie Edgar and keep out tagging him. I don't need to risk, uh, you know, going for the glorious finish, mm. um, which I actually also addressed in the article. 
Uh, but it, with Max Holloway specifically, Max Holloway found a weird weakness that I never thought I would ever see in, in Jose Aldo, and that was uh, his cardio. Max Holloway was saying, I think it was the first or second fight, he was saying, like, the man's tired after the first round. He was like, he's tired. He can't handle this. He can't handle this pace. Interesting. And he was breathing heavy, and he, and sure enough, his hands are dropping. He's not moving as fast in the second round. So it's surprising. So if you if you look at it, if if we go through to say he doesn't have cardio is I think a little bit uh, of an overreach at first. If you think about cardio in the sense of uh, like how long can you last? Because he's gone through a lot of decisions. If anything, people are mad that he has so many decisions and not enough finishes because maybe just comparable to Max. I guess. Yeah, you know what? I guess. But also, there's different types of cardio. Like Max Holloway is kind of like a Nick Diaz style cardio where he can pour it on. It's like, okay. like you know from what we just did working out today. Yes. Throwing on a bag, just throwing strikes with intent is very tiring. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be a marathon run. It doesn't have to be jujitsu cardio. Throwing on a, just throwing strikes is a specific cardio that I think the Diaz brothers are famous for and Max Holloway also has. He has the the ability to flood you and drown you in playing defense. You know, because you, you don't get to breathe when he's just throwing relentless strikes that are landing. Mm-hmm. So I think that's how he lost to Max Holloway. But against Jeremy Stevens, we saw like that, that great, that great liver, that great liver shot, that hook, that left hook. So anyway, sorry, back to the point. What do you think of Jose Aldo now that he got that sol- solid TKO? Of- I feel like that was definitely redemption for him. And he was absolutely emotional at the end. I mean, yeah. You know, he definitely didn't let, in my opinion, any of these losses go to his head, as I said before, compared to other veterans in the game. Um, I mean, first round TKO, that's, you know, it's like, wow, you know what? He's he's back, in my opinion. You know, does, does that still make him, would other fighters see him as a threat? Um since before when he was just undefeated? I don't know. I'm not sure. I, I think, you know, with the, like you were saying, with the Max Holloway fights, you know, he definitely pointed out his kryptonite. But Aldo could have also worked on that since. So True, true. And or is currently working on that. Or he currently is. And that was part of my, uh, part of my article was I'm not ready to say he, because to me, he would literally stalk people in the cage. Once they started getting hit by him, especially the leg kicks, yep. they'd be like, oh, shit. It's like, now I don't want to engage him too much. And then he starts walking you down like, oh, okay. I know, you're, I know you don't want to get kicked in the legs. You come in, I jump out, I throw some uppercuts, I land some, I land some combos, and I get right back out of range. Mm. And eventually, he's like toying like a cat almost. But yeah, when he hit Conor McGregor, you know what? Let's talk about, I, I, know, it's, I know it's in the past. I know it took place in 2015. Let's talk about it. That Conor McGregor fight if you even want to call it a fight, I think needs to be run back. Now, I know when it went down, every everybody was like, oh my God, Conor McGregor is so good. Look what he did. But a part of me, and I feel the same way about Conor McGregor versus Chad Mendes, that's not really a fight. You didn't really see a fight. Yeah, you saw an aberration. You saw a sh- you saw you saw something happen in this instance of this of of this uh, conflict. But I think if you put Jose Aldo and Conor McGregor in a, in a rematch, if anything, I think that would be super interesting. 
Super interesting. I know everybody doesn't want to see it because everybody keeps talking about, oh, it only took him 13 seconds, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and maybe the second fight ends in 10 seconds. But I would love to see a measured, composed, like studied up Jose Aldo versus Conor McGregor. Just like I would love to see a fully trained Chad Mendes. So do you think that was just like a lucky shot then, if anything? It was just right right hand placement at the right time? No, I don't think it was lucky. I think... I think it was, I think it was Conor McGregor's target. I think he was planning on coming over with that hook. Well, his hands hook, were kind cross. of low too, Aldo's. I think that's what a lot of people were commentating on too. Like he didn't really have his defense up. No, he was blitzing either. him. Yeah, which is not his style. He usually throws combos then gets back out of range. So he was kind of asking for it then. I th- well, I think so. Everybody talks about how Conor was practicing that like that cross, that okay. power cross, stepping in. So I think he, I think Connor saw how Jose Aldo blitzes, studied how he blitzes, or understood how he blitzes at like mechanically, just how his how Aldo's body moves on the offensive, mm-hmm. and he was like, I can counter with my left like this, and I think, and you see it, Connor doesn't really fully commit in the first few seconds of that fight. Granted, I know it's only thirteen seconds, but he doesn't overly commit back on the offensive because he's almost waiting for this this blitzing juggernaut to come because he, he knows it he's like okay i'm gonna maybe throw something maybe throw something else cover get into range bait him bait him bait him here he comes wham and he, he did it i think connor knew what he was doing i think connor was very smart and studying up and how to counter that but i think if you ran that again you would see a different fight that's what i think and i think that'd be really cool to see i think that'd be yeah. really cool to see a jose aldo who Wants to who like kicks the shit out of Conor McGregor, who you know doesn't just commit to a blitz and starts to you know maybe he boxes him more, like you know like that'd be really yeah. cool to see. Also, I, and I know side note that's not the a big camp to say. I want to see Aldo McGregor too. That's not a big camp. I know. I also want to see Mendez McGregor too. Mendez getting called in what on two weeks notice. He's fishing on a boat having beer. You're gonna call him in to have a fight. I know Mendez jumped at the opportunity for a title Which shot. Which he did okay. He was beating him. He was. Yeah. He had him on the ground. He, yeah, he really he, was. If he didn't go for that move, he did. If he if Mendez didn't commit to make to go for a submission and just stayed on top and just ground and pounded him, we would have a different story. Yeah, I personally think McGregor would have lost. Yep. Can you only imagine a fully tuned? Which, by the way, Chad Mendez is back from his suspension, and he beat the shit out of i forget who but he he's back is he team alpha male he is okay i think uh, chad mendez on a full fight camp versus conor mcgregor i think he throws conor mcgregor around and ragdolls him i think he picks him up throws him down and literally just beats the shit out of him for five rounds mm. in my opinion what was he suspended for uh he has um he was using steroid topical cream for his uh what does he have he has uh, psoriasis okay his plaque psoriasis she was using it for his rashes to keep but the psoriasis down the, yeah so he popped and they were like what are you using he was like absolutely nothing here's all my food and all my all the things i take and they're like oh you're this cream he's like yeah it's my skin cream for my psoriasis they're like yeah it's like 0.05 percent like had something in it that popped and he was like uh okay suspended wow. him for, i think for like two years wow which, in my opinion, is awesome. I'm super happy because that dude was getting rocked in fights. That dude has been through wars. So for him to have, like, two years off to just heal up and he comes back and he just devastates in his in his return, I'm I'm so happy that he had that time off. Huh. But, um, yeah, that Conor McGregor fight I, I would want with Jose Aldo and Chad Mendes, I would love to see again. I know 
again, I know everybody poo-poos the idea because they just want to see Conor McGregor versus Khabib Nurmagomedov or Tony Ferguson or George St. Pierre or what have you. But um, what were your thoughts on the Aldo McGregor fight? The 13-second knockout. I mean, here's the thing, right? Like, in the beginning, I was all for McGregor. I was like, all right, fresh face, whatever. Like, you know, this guy's awesome. I like his energy. And even then, I was kind of like teetering between them both. I was like, oh, like it's Aldo, but I really want to see what McGregor can do besides talk shit. Like, I, I want to see, you know what I mean? Some, something. Bring something to the table skill-wise. Not that he hasn't proven it before, but um, I mean... What can I say? I mean, I, I I see what you're saying. Like you don't you don't think that's a fight because you wish it would have kind of gone the distance more and seen more tactical stuff, more combos, more kicks. Um, but I mean, on the second thought, knocked him out. One of the greatest fighters in 13 seconds. And so my whole thing. I mean, you already explained. You know, he was definitely training for that. So I know for a fact now that definitely wasn't a lucky shot. You know, I mean, if he, especially if he trained for that, I mean, good for him then, you know, he took, he used that to his advantage, um, to say that like, oh my God, he's amazing. He is way better than Aldo just because of that fight. Uh, which they do. People yeah. Say that. That's exaggerating. I would say, I mean, I definitely agree though. I would love to absolutely see, you know, a rematch. Um, who knows if that'll ever happen, but it won't. Yeah, it won't. Because but I mean, at least I, I, I think, and like I said, with Aldo's mentality, um, he, he's in it to win it again. You know, I, I think he's back mentally, physically, and uh, I think with his mentality, he would have learned from that mistake and switched it up a bit for the next fight. Yeah, I, I don't know what the next. So here's another thing, and this is. Uh, so for the record, I don't like having podcasts about Conor McGregor. Not because I'm not a fan of him. I mean, I'm a pretty big fan of his. But just he's what everybody talks about. Yeah. Every mainstream, yeah. every small site, every single blog, everything. It's like the whole Ronda Rousey thing. It is. So I don't want to always hit it on the head because there's plenty more people out there that talk mm-hmm. about it more so than us. Also, we're not really like an MMA news podcast. So yeah. it's not really something to really go deep in. But anyways, uh, I, I feel like with with Connor, there's a lot of weird situations going on because of him in the UFC. He's He held up the 145 division yep. by going to the 155. He, he's holding up the 155 because he went to boxing. So there's situations like with Dustin Poirier, who just beat Eddie Alvarez. You know, I know it's under controversy, but he did beat Eddie Alvarez a second time. Um, and Or not a second time. I think he DQ'd in the first one. Um, but regardless, there's a situation where, what is the fight going to be? You have Connor, Khabib and Tony at one, two, three, and then you have Dustin Poirier at number four. So it's like, what are we going to see here? So in that case, of course, the spotlight turns back to Connor McGregor in that case. Now, rumor has it word on the street is that Connor is currently finalizing a deal with the UFC to fight this year. I believe it's in the fall. Okay. I believe it's going to be in LA. And word on the street from what I've been hearing is that it's going to be Khabib Nurmagomedov for the championship. So that's definitely happening. It's 
or it's, it's the speculation. closest. It, it's basically happening. It's basically okay. happening. I think they're just. I think they're just waiting on final details of things for signing. But uh, yeah, that's Connor openly admitted it. He was doing. He was like jogging in New York City, working out, and somebody asked him, and he was like, "I'll see you guys in the fall." He's like, "I'm working on." He's like, "I'm working on a contract, and it's close." I'll see you guys in the fall. Okay. Yeah. So with that being said, where do you think and that and that foursome of Connor, Habib, Tony Ferguson, and Dustin Poirier? Like what is what is your opinion on that foursome right there at the top? After, especially after seeing Dustin Poirier versus Eddie Alvarez last Saturday. Which to recap for those who don't know, Eddie Alvarez was basically beating the shit out of Dustin in the second round. They got stood up because Eddie Alvarez missed understood what mark henry his striking coach was telling him mark henry his striking coach was telling him to throw elbows he was doing this to show elbows so like i'm waving my arms up and down for those who can't see which is everybody and then eddie alvarez began throwing 12 to sixes which are illegal Mm -hmm. and a down down opponent even though it didn't hit dustin in the head or the face it hit him on the shoulder um the meat of the shoulder they they got stood up by referee mark goddard and then once they got stood back up dustin lit him up and then dustin won so, so I so so yeah. Where's your? Because I'll give you my quick my quick review. I don't think I think Dustin has been a great example of a martial artist who continues to evolve and continues to learn and continues to train. Mm. We've seen him be very sloppy and almost like a bottom feeder in the sense of he's never going to amount to anything above the middle of the division. To now he's been slowly ascending and climbing and taking on really strong opposition and winning. I still don't know if he's at the level. I don't think he's at the level of Khabib or Conor McGregor. Um, I think he might give Tony a run for his money. Mm. Ferguson is very unique as a fighter. He's very creative, very fluid, very wacky almost in his style. But that would be a fun fight. But what do you think about those four? I mean, I think it's fair. You know, I I mean, as far as Conor being the top still i mean when was the last fight we saw him in uh eddie, eddie alvarez and ufc mma yeah. fight eddie alvarez when he got the 155 belt. yeah that that was i mean who knows i don't know what he's been up to lately you know especially with um all the controversy going on in his life and connor yeah um I don't know. So the thing is, is that he's still training. He's still huge. Oh, I'm sure he is. I'm just trying to figure out where his mind is at, though. You know, just with what has happened. And, uh, you know, then he's got his family on top of that. and I don't know. So, I mean, and so here's the weird enigma. Seeing Conor McGregor face Chad Mendes, he got ragdolled. Granted, he had a bum ACL. So it makes sense that he couldn't do much, but he got ragdolled by Chad Mendes. Khabib Nurmagomedov is a better wrestler than Chad Mendes. But we saw, for whatever reason, Khabib didn't want to wrestle or he wanted to improve his striking. But when he fought, when Khabib fought Ali Quinta, Ali Quinta went the whole distance. He got lit up because Quinta was so worried about the takedown, but he was also a college wrestler, so he was somewhat able to fend off most of the takedown attempts, uh, not even most, some of the takedown attempts. Mm. I don't know. It's just weird because you saw Khabib do what he never does in a fight, which is he threw a lot of strikes. He was boxing. He was trying to pick up on his 
work on his boxing. So it's crazy because it's either, oh, man, Ally Quinta is so good with his wrestling, he was able to force Khabib into a standing match, which he would lose against Conor. Or it was Khabib was so good and knew he could win so easily, he figured this is a good time to spend four rounds learning how to strike better and yeah. decided to strike with him. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's that's kind of where that's at. So you put those two together and it's kind of either Connor needs to knock him out when he comes in to take him down or Connor's going to get ragdolled. Hmm. Plain and simple. Yeah, I I don't know, man. Like that, that uh, let's just assume that fight's happening. That fight's happening. Right? Yeah, I mean like I said, I'm just I not that I've been keeping up with him. I just don't know where Connor is mentally. You know, I mean, is he? He just made a hundred million dollars fighting Floyd Mayweather. He went ten. Yeah. He went ten rounds in his. But that's what I mean. Boxing. Like, does he still have that? Um, that that. Uh, what's the word I'm trying to look for? Desire, fire, passion, drive. No, I don't want to say being an ass, but, um, you know, is he pretty much still being an ass? What do you mean? Just personality-wise, just to taunt the other opponent, you know? Well, he hasn't had an opponent. But that's what I mean. Like, but does he still have that mentality, or has he just really been focusing, you know, learning? Oh, like, right, right, right. Again, going back mm-hmm. to, like, the whole controversy thing he went through with the other fighters and... You know, like, has he had time to just, like, meditate upon, like, where he is, where he's at in life, what he's going to be up against, you well, know, because... Don't, well, don't forget, he he uh, he got arrested. Or, no, he had to turn himself in, don't forget, to the New York police. Yeah. Because of the Dolly incident. Yeah. And he has to do community service and all this other stuff. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, just because he's in top physical shape doesn't mean... Mentally, he's there. Yeah. So, that right now, that's my concern for him so and i'm i'm i literally have nothing though i i have no idea how this fight's gonna go i just hope he's had enough time like i said to meditate on the situation and rethink everything and just focus you know but who knows if that'll change his strategy because he's always had this mindset like i am the greatest well, we saw him. So when and he look at how well he's done because of that, you know. Well, when he won the one forty five championship, he was still passionate and desired and was hungry for the one fifty five championship. And then after that, he was still hungry and desired to put himself through a boxing camp to fight Floyd Mayweather. So he's he keeps wanting to climb higher and higher. So he, you're right. There's a point here where if he comes back slash when he comes back to fight for the championship, which would be against Nurmagomedov, the question is, does he have that same desire to just do what he's already done, which is capture yes, the exactly. same 155 championship? I think he would still do the mind games, but I think Nate Diaz taught him a lot about what it means to focus. I think losing that first fight to to not Nate, uh, yeah, Nate Diaz. Um, I thought I said Nick. Losing to Nate Diaz in that first fight, I think, was probably the best thing to happen to his career, which happens to most fighters. GSP, mm-hmm. I think, would not have been the same if he did not lose to Matt Hughes, Matt Hughes or yeah. Matt Sarah. I think it takes those losses in order to improve. I don't think Demetrius Johnson would be the same if he didn't lose to Dominic Cruz. I think there's. I think there's a lot of things that champion caliber fighters get from loss. And that's what defines you. It's kind of like you need to lose 
you need to hit rock bottom to see how much higher you can get. And for, I think a lot of the champions and the champions of the sport, that's what it takes. And I think that's why people have a lot of vitriol for Ronda Rousey is because she had that adversity against Holly Holm. And then we didn't see her. She didn't come back. She, she fled. She went into recluse. I don't think people hated her because, you know, she's a bad person. Yes. I've heard she has an attitude at times, but whatever. The bottom line is that, you know, the public persona of what we saw, the, the fighter that we knew turned out to not be that we didn't see her come back and demand and dominate and come back focused with new skills and trying to do more she came back and fought the exact same style like two years later that's that's not okay that's not okay if you're her coach that's despicable yeah you know what i mean but like when you see these fighters go through that like joanna ajun jacek is going through that right now joanna champion she lost to rose namunas twice Mm mm-hmm don't get me wrong, she's winning because she's still pretty good. But mentally, people are keep questioning, like, why does she keep saying she's still champion? Why is she not accepting that Rose is the better fighter? Why is she, you know what I mean? Like, she keeps saying, oh, Rose did a good job. And, like, that was kind of it. She had her night and that was her night, which is one way to put it. But you lost, you lost twice to her, like, in pretty solid fashion, both. Uh, the second time I get she won a few rounds, but... Could it be because she sees herself literally as still being that good to be called champion? She should be champion, of course. But it could also be because she can't accept that loss to her image of being a champion. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's, and I think that's why when you have losses when you're a younger fighter, it it really helps build you up. Like I'm looking at Dustin Poirier's record right now. He lost in 2014 to Conor McGregor. He then beat um, Diego Fiera. Uh, Yancey Medeiros, Joe Duffy, Bobby Green, lost to Michael Johnson, um, came back, and then he won against Jim Miller, and then he had a uh, no contest against Eddie Alvarez, then he beat Anthony Pettis, beat Justin Gaethje, and now beat Eddie Alvarez again. So if you take away those two losses, or those two blahs after Connor, which is Michael Johnson and a no contest, technically he's lost once in three years. That's pretty okay. that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Also, UFC, please step up your summary game. Summary for his skills, fighting verbally, physically, and mentally. That's <laughs> that's absolutely horrible. He's not he's not like a guy from Lord of the Rings. That's he's not a fighter lord. Like how about you put in his accuracy? How about you put in his, you know, his strength? How about you put it you know what I mean? Like, come yeah. on. Anyways, um Yeah, I, I think I think there's a lot of cool things going on in the UFC with with how things are going to play out, but Connor is kind of the X factor that affects a lot. Because what if Connor comes back and he's not fighting, fighting Nurmagomedov? He fights Nate Diaz for the trilogy, and then he plans on retiring hmm. afterwards. What if he comes back and he signed a fight to to go against GSP, which is also rumored to be in the future, a fight that GSP and him both want. Really? Yep. Now, do you think Connor's going to go up or GSP is going to go down in weight? I think catch weight 165. Yeah. Yeah. I think GSP's taking time off to see how his colitis can handle diets and fluctuations. Also, I think GSP knows he can just wait because he doesn't need to fight. He's not fighting for the belt anymore. He doesn't really care. I mean, clearly, <laughs> we know how that match is going to go. So. <laughs> Unless he clips him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look at the Aldo fight. Yes. <laughs> Unless, Unless he clips so. him. So... Who knows? It's totally possible. GSP does get hit. Yeah, he does get he does get hit. I I mean, look at 
Oh, here's another thing. Anderson Silva came back from his suspension and and said uh, he wants to fight GSP. <laughs> to determine who the who the greatest of all time is. What what is with these guys coming out of suspension or retirement, and they just want to go for like the most alpha dude? Because <laughs> it's the money fight. GSP I mean, is because first of all, GSP if he beats Anderson Silva or and or Conor McGregor. He is literally probably the best fighter of all time. Mighty Mouse aside, Chris Cyborg. But now aside. let me ask you this: Is because I've been questioning this now. Is Anderson Silva truly the greatest? If he's been doping, right? He's still going to be considered a in with an asterisk second or third best. Okay. I think right now there's a serious contention. There's a ser- there's serious contention for who's the best of all time. I know we touched on it a little bit, I think, last episode, the episode before yes. that. But I think there's a contention for who is the best of all time. Like, it's uh, yeah, it's so hard to talk about, like, how you determine the best of all time. But if George St. Pierre went up and beat Michael Bisping and became a two-division champion, had his dominant reign in his division, and then he goes down and beats Conor McGregor and or goes up and catch weights or or silver drops down and catch weights with gsp and gsp beats him like the, like name another there's nothing left to prove yeah he already has nothing left to prove already yeah he already doesn't you know so i mean anyways going back to the point rumor is conor mcgregor wants to fight gsp in the future currently he's lining up to face nimmergamenov supposedly um and yeah, we'll see how that plays out in the divisions. Hmm. But let's talk about Saturday instead. Yes, because uh, two twenty-seven, two twenty-seven. TJ Dillashaw versus Cody Garbrandt two, the rematch, yep. and another rematch: Henry Cejudo versus Mighty Mouse Johnson. So I am excited for those two fights only. Actually, both rematches, right? Both the rematches. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Henry Cejudo. <laughs> so, my did you see the first fight? Cejudo versus Mighty Mouse? Uh, I believe one? we both saw it. Yeah, and it was like, oh, here's the Olympic wrestler. Let's see what he has. And then he got mollywopped by yeah. Mighty Mouse. Yep. And got like TKO'd from knees. Yeah. Like, that was... <laughs> Remember, I think, I think we were joking. Like, he's not even sweating. He's like... Yeah, no. He's literally just like, yeah, okay, he's not breathing heavy. He's like, <laughs> okay. Yep, I, know, I won. I just beat an Olympic gold medal wrestler. Yep. So everybody keeps saying how much Cejudo has gotten better, and he has. He's gotten a lot better, especially in the striking. Yes, I've seen the footage. But for sure. it's still Mighty Mouse. Yep. So where do you stand on that fight? Well, it's tough, right? Especially the video that I saw, because either the video was just really well-planned, or if this was all, like, legit, but it seems like both these fights... All the fighters are fighting for something like, I feel like there's more, there's so much passion going in these two fights, right? So like, um, he's had a bunch of different trainers around the world come and help him train. So uh, and, uh, yeah. And, but again, it's like, you hear about his story from what, just a couple years ago, like dude almost died in a fire. Zahuda? Yeah. Really? Yeah, dude. He he said he woke up and he he turned over and just saw flames in his room and jumped out of from two stories. Had to jump out of the building, and uh, yeah, um, 
bad wildfires, man. It destroyed like a town. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, his house was just gone. I, I mean, there were so many deaths, especially in his neighborhood, and he somehow survived. He's like, I just happened to wake up at the right time. I mean, he lost everything. He lost that gold medal. Oh, I remember fire. hearing about this. Yes, I do remember hearing about yeah, this. Yeah, that was one of the things he lost. So, oh, I mean, shit. that's why I feel like, you know, not only has he, been, has he been training hard, but now it's like he has, he truly has something to fight for. You know, not only to prove himself like I can and will beat Demetrius, <sighs> quote unquote. That's what they all uh, say. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel, again, just that passion he has, especially in the training. I mean, he definitely looks a lot better than he did the last time. Um, but like you said, it's 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 Demetrius, man. <laughs> I, I don't know. You know, and obviously I've, I've, I've seen his training routine, too, which is fucking unbelievable. I don't know. I I feel like it'll go... I want to say it'll go more than just a couple rounds or a round for sure. What do you think? I think it goes three rounds. Three? I think. So the the biggest improve, the improvement I saw on Henry Cejudo is when he fought Sergio Pettis. He didn't fall back on his wrestling all the time. He allowed his wrestling to organically come into play to neutralize Sergio. So he was striking, and he was actually outstriking Sergio Pettis, which is a very difficult thing to do. So that showed his striking game, the elevation of his striking oh, game. Oh, big time. But he wasn't forcing and using his striking game to get into the wrestling. The wrestling just came into play. He would see the openings, then boom, there it was. He yep. was never trying to set it up, it looked like. He was just trying to strike and just stay in distance or do damage, and all of a sudden, oh, that's an opening. Mm-hmm. Then he went for it, and he got it. Um, with that being said, he I didn't see enough killing ability from Cejudo in that Pettis fight. Maybe he was holding back or maybe just Pettis is that tough, but there's a weird dominance and it's, you know, what's it's, this is the DC effect, right? Everybody hated DC. They always booed him and now yeah. they love him. Everybody's in his corner. Mm-hmm. That's happening with mighty mouse. Everybody was just like, who cares about Demetrius? Who cares? He's so small. Who cares about his dominance? But now maybe it's Twitch. Maybe it's his popularity when he's been doing all this media stuff and all promotional stuff for the UFC and Metro PCS or what have you. But people, I think, are now on the Mighty Mouse train and they're finally realizing, like, we're watching probably the greatest martial artist of our time. Um, Just fucking destroy people. Yeah. Just... (laughs) just openly just literally he cleaned out a division yeah and like he maybe sweat maybe only 75 percent of that time like that's how badly he, de- he defeats people yeah so i think suhudo is going to have a better game plan i think suhudo is going to do a try to do a similar job of i'm going to try to take down when the openings occur instead of like the last time when he was like i'm going to try to force a takedown game mm-hmm. um but you got but you got Demetrius Johnson and Matt Hume together, like, and that's just, it's, like we said before two episodes ago, how do you plan against Mighty Mouse? It's like, you you really can't. No, you just you, hope for the best and pray at night. Yeah, you just, you really, like, you're not going to really beat him in, in every single, in any category, in any category. It's like, maybe wrestling, maybe, maybe wrestling, if, if, if he doesn't clinch you up and throw knees at your face. Yeah. Because he can knee that high. Or flying arm bars. Or flying Jesus arm bars. Christ. Or, yeah, just maybe he doesn't get you clinched on the cage. Maybe he doesn't break. 
he doesn't go for a submission and get it, maybe in a scramble you can yeah. out out wrestle him. I guess like I don't know. I, I don't know how you beat him. Is he a strikeout artist? No, but he doesn't need to be. He can tag you enough to make you feel enough pain to back up. Mm-hmm. That's it. So it's just I don't see it going the distance. If it does go the distance, I could see Mighty Mouse winning. You know what I love? I love this a lot. There's two there's two corners I love to hear all the time. I love hearing what they say. One is Farah Sahabi when he corners mm. George St. Pierre. Yeah. I love hearing him talk to, to George. I love it. It's 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 hearing it's almost like you're hearing a true and not to insult any other coaching staff or any other camps, but it's like such a sensei talk that you hear. It's such a commanding like Frost always comes in, he goes, "Okay, breathe, George. Breathe, calm down. We're doing great. Okay, so we're doing great, George. We're doing great. What we need to do going forward, though, he keeps like it's just a, a such a patient, awesome way to do it. He always talks about how he always talks to George about about certain things, like you need to step over to the left because he keeps coming over. So make sure you keep out for watch out for that because he's trying to land this." And I know all coaches say stuff like this, but it's the way he says it. And it's more of like the way George responds to it. You see George in the corner looking at Faraz dead in the eye, nodding, like breathing hard, but okay. Yep, yep. And then he maybe says something like, ah, oh, da, 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 da. And then Faraz mm-hmm. will say something back and then they get it. And then Faraz just goes, okay, round two. Let's let's stick to this game plan. Let's keep going. It's very calm. Um, Demetrius Johnson and Matt Hume is very similar. Very calm. But it's this similar conversation. Matt Hume comes in and goes like, what did you say? He's he's just like, how are we feeling? And DJ Joe's like, good. I'm having a good time. He's like, good. You're looking great. So here's here's how it's working. He's, re- he's really hungry for that, you know, that takedown. So what you need to do is make sure you keep that gap when you circle out. Keep doing this and that. And DJ's like, okay, yep. Should I also do this? He's like, yeah, you know, if you want to do that, you can, but don't overcommit on that left side. Don't overcommit with those kicks because you don't want to get caught if, if you miss or you overextend on the left, okay? He's like, okay, I got you. He's like, all right, cool. You good? He's like, yeah, great. All right, cool. Here we go. Let's go get it. Like, like that's yeah. Now, that's very unique because DJ has the cardio to be able to just breathe and talk, and, mm. you know, in between rounds. <laughs> But you don't hear a lot of fighters do that. A lot of fighters yeah. are slumped. And they're like... <gasps> just breathing. Yeah. And they're just nodding. And yeah, <laughs> that's it. Um, DJ can sit there and just like have a conversation. <laughs> but um, I love those. I love hearing their corners. I love seeing that relationship because you see the power of that relationship. Because that relationship for both Faras and George and Demetrius and Matt has formed two of the possibly... Two of the possible greatest fighters of all time yeah and it's it's really cool to hear that it's really cool to hear that conversation it's really cool to to witness that um kind of like freddie roach and manny pacquiao Mm -hmm. it's just really cool to see the teacher and student relationship the you know like like especially when they they're collaborating on together that's so cool um sorry that was a wild tangent i don't think henry zahuda wins uh (laughs) i think demetrius johnson wins and then when it's done they ask DJ, they go, so who's next for you? Do you think there's a lot of talk about you fighting the, the winner uh, of the main event if TJ Dillashaw does halt, hang out to the belt? Because TJ Dillashaw has been saying he wants to go down and fight DJ. Hmm. And we'll see if DJ finally says, you know what, TJ, if you can you can keep the belt, come on down. I can stop you from getting this one. Like Interesting. Yeah. And with that being said, let's talk about TJ versus Cody. You saw that fight. 
right? Yeah. Uh, the first one? Yes. Uh, we Again, we both did, actually. Um, and I think we saw it at Sliders. I think we did. Yes. I believe we did. I believe we did. Yeah. Because I think we saw, like, the last maybe two fights, three fights at Sliders a while back. Yeah, shout out to Sliders for having the best wings in Connecticut, oh, by yeah. the way. Oh, man. Um, just the quality of wing just makes it... Yeah. Continue. Time. Sorry. <laughs> um, You know, again, it's... I mean, those two have history, you know, and yeah, the whole alpha male history of them training together and leaving. And I'm not really taking sides on either. I, although, uh, okay, that's a lie, right? To an extent. I mean, I feel like the way they acted because TJ decided to move to Colorado. Yeah. I mean, the way I saw it was, okay, well, he's trying to further his training. You know, he's yeah. trying to expand and broaden his understanding of MMA. You know, I'm going to train with this particular coach who moved here, so I'm going to move there. Um, fairly reasonable, I would think. And you would think, you know, you know, friends, old training partners would support you with that. And instead, there's this whole, like, uh, like they're offended by it. Traitor. You left us. You abandoned us. Yeah. You abandoned your crew. So that whole mentality, it's like, uh, well, I mean, that's not really fair, I guess. And I, um, but then I watched, you know, the Joe Rogan podcast and he had Cody Uriah and, and Cody on. And, yeah. And they were given their side of the story, you know, like, oh, well, you know, he was this type of training partner. He was, you know, he would, you know, hit you or go hard when it shouldn't have or um you know he goes off to this other training camp but he still wants to train with us at our facility and it's like no dude it's like i don't mind being friends with you outside but like during training it's like you're either with us or you're with them end of story so it's like who do you believe i don't know i mean well first of all what's your philosophy on that because we talked about George St. First of all, for those listening, especially if this is your first time listening to us, we were both huge George St. Pierre fans. Yes. But George is one of those guys who still sticks to the individual martial arts. I go to Freddie Roach for boxing. I go to Renzo Gracie for and John Danaher for jiu-jitsu. I go to Phil Nurse um, and I, th- I forget the name of the guy from uh, Tiger Muay Thai for my Muay Thai. I... You know, I wrestle with the uh, Canadian Olympic wrestling team. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? And then he has, for us, a hobby mastermind, a game plan. So he's he, – I just listed like five separate places that he trains at. But they're not all five separate MMA camps. They're five separate martial Specific arts schools. Styles, they're exactly. schools, martial art dojos that he goes yep. to. TJ Dillashaw would, is technically at Elevation Fight Team with uh, Dwayne Ludwig. Ludwig. And he wanted to train a Team Alpha Male with Uriah Faber. So you technically have two MMA camps that are training together. Now that, I agree with Uriah Faber and Cody Garbrandt, is a little unusual because that's not common. Luke Rockhold's kind of doing it. He's based out of AKA. He's been training with Henry Hooft. Mm. But he's been using Henry Hooft mainly as a striking coach. Which, I touched base on that in one of my articles. I think he could be doing better for some whatever reason. And for whatever reason, I think Henry Hooft isn't, you know, isn't pulling the strings as hard as he should with Luke. But anyways, you don't hear that very often. I'm going to train at two MMA camps, two full MMA camps. Right. You hear, I'm going to do my strength and conditioning here, and I'm going to do my MMA training here. You hear, I'm going to do my MMA training here, and then I'm going to go do my rehab at another place. First thing I think of is... I mean, well, 
What? You know, I might not know. Well, I was going to say it was like, well, he could train at both. And then it's like, well, now he knows their strategy. He knows the tricks, right? Because well, now he's on the on, on an true, opposing team. But he always but, trained with them. But that's what I was just going to yeah. say. So it's kind of conflicting what I just said. It's because he already trained with them. And he already knows, like, all right, well, I already know Cody's, you know, tendencies, his pros, his cons. Yeah, his tendencies and this, this and that. And um, so I don't know. Like I said, I just I don't like the way that TJ did that or, or Team Alpha Male responded. Um, to what the, what, the whole uh, drama. Well, I all I know is, oh yeah. So they were like, "Listen, uh, Uriah was like, hey, listen, man. You know, you and I are friends, even outside, whatever. But you can't train with us if you're going to be at this place." And uh, I don't remember if he said or claimed like TJ kind of flipped out or whatever, or kind of just left it at that. But my whole thing is like just that that hatred that you know, like he's this traitor and. Him, GSP, they're not the only fighters that have done that, though. Like, they, I mean, I, I obviously understand there's a huge difference. You know, GSP goes to specialists, you know. He goes to martial arts schools. Right. right. Whereas TJ is just going to a whole different camp in general. Um, I don't like, know. I, like, I, I, I can see where it's, it's obviously that's not right. You know, you can't train at two different camps. Um, but for Cody and Uriah to go as far, just this whole drama thing, I think is, I don't know, kind of weird. Well, I think at the bottom, at the bottom line is nobody knows what really went down except for Uriah, Cody, TJ, exactly. Dwayne, everybody it's, it's, in it's that It's going to be a back and forth thing. Right, you know. right. So I, I'm, on surface level, I think Team Alpha Male overreacted. But then, like I said, like you said, you think about it and it's, you start thinking, Okay, so he wants to do full MMA training with both. Does he just want to do wrestling with Team Alpha Male and striking with Dwayne? Because that makes sense. You have a striking coach and a wrestling coach then. Yeah. But now you're going back to the old school. I'm splitting up my disciplines instead of the new school of we have MMA facilities. And who knows? It could have been like that too. I mean, that could have been his plan all along. I mean, we don't know. That like that that little detail, I don't know. Yeah. Um, as far as if he just wanted to do his full MMA training with this other guy... Or if he wanted to do both at both schools, or like you just said, split it up with this guy, strike, spe- you know, focus on certain things with him, and then focus on other things here. Um, it, it makes the fight on Saturday that much bigger. Yes. To me. Yeah. And so. I think it's going to be unique because everybody talks about how TJ won, right? TJ knocked out Cody. Oh, absolutely. But a lot of people skip over the fact that Cody. F- if if that first round went an extra ten seconds, not even he five seconds, it. he would have because he he flattened TJ onto his back. Oh yeah, he took his legs out and he was just starting to wail on him. Yeah, and even when TJ gets up and he's like wobbling, he's wobbling back, to, back, his back corner. to the corner. Yeah. yeah, that was like a oh shit. I mean, have you seen the any training videos on either of them? I yeah. know I know Cody had I, I guess recent uh like a recent back procedure done. Oh yeah, his back I guess was really fucked up. Yeah, yeah. so I mean that's probably questionable but i mean tj man he's going hard i guess he met up with this new trainer or coach and he's doing all oh, this new, out, these of, new out of the garage yeah oh my god he trains with aaron pico yeah yeah insane yeah. absolutely and he looks great oh he's an incredible so shit. i mean high intensity shit and then you look at cody's training video it's like yeah you know just kind of 
doing my thing, casual. Well, and- well, the main thing I see is that TJ's style requires a very specific uh, physicality. He's very yeah. he switches stances, for example. So when yep. he throws, he actually switches stances in combo throwing. Yeah, it's part of the Ludwig Ludwig uh, Bang Muay Thai system. Um, you see a lot of feints. You see a lot of setups. You see a lot of like a lot of footwork, mm-hmm. a huge amount of footwork, which is why he's so entertaining to see. But Cody is so entertaining because he's so fast. It's just, I, 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 please tell me you saw him embarrass Dominic Cruz for five rounds. Yep. That, and nobody's done that to Dominic Cruz ever. Yeah. And then he yep. came in there, legit hands down, just head movement just so fast and so good with striking just yeah. nope 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 ah <laughs> just pointing Especially at him. against someone like dominic cruz with such a unique uh just style the way he like moves around like the way he holds himself and a lot like tj yeah very unique strikers but cody is so well, so cody has so much in in his side he knows tj like clearly he knows tj's style well enough he he caught him clean in yeah. that first round he knows his style. He's fast, and he's got exp- he's got fight ending power. All he needs is a touch. Yep. So it's almost like I feel like TJ's still the underdog here. I think Cody still has the advantage. I think we're gonna see a trilogy. I think Cody beats TJ. Interesting. I think we see. I think if we saw if Cody's studying the the game tape, which I would be shocked if he wasn't. He was. Yeah. There was. I, I saw it in the video. He he was absolutely looking at that last fight. Yeah, it's kind of like he already knows TJ inside out from training as being training partners, and now he sees how things went down in that fight, and he studied it. He he's gonna know not to make the same mistake the second time. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna either be like it's it's kind of like Rose Damiunes versus uh, Joanna Janjacek, mm-hmm. where it was the first fight was like oh a check left hook and then oh shit like it's over, like TKO Rose wins it's over in like the first round I think it was, and then you have the rematch it goes five rounds it's a, it's so close it could go either way yeah it's like either it's a three two or depending who you look at, and then Rose wins I think this fight's gonna be an edge out Cody win. Okay. I think it's going to be Cody's going to be super fucking smart. I think TJ's going to be super fucking smart. And I think it's going to come down to whoever either gets blasted or who can just last to the fifth round. Interesting. Uh, the end of the fifth round. Th- that's what I think. That's what I think. Uh, um, It's fucking fun. Yeah. It's fucking fun. It's going to be a good card for sure. Yeah. yeah. So I was going to ask you earlier at dinner, what did you think of uh, the change up from... The mobility okay. month to the strength yeah, month. Yeah, yeah. So now I guess this month we're focusing on strength, uh, doing a lot more weightlifting, um, different exercises, and what the fuck. <laughs> I, I mean, again, I, I'm, I'm shocked every time I come back here, like just how much more uh, – I notice I, I at least in my opinion I believe I improved you know like even today I didn't I mean dude I was downing water the first few sessions like every 10 minutes or so I didn't even bring water today but I mean I'm drinking a hell of a lot of it now but yeah like I didn't need to I didn't bring a towel didn't bring water um I mean I took a few breaks here and there um but I I managed to get through the workouts um, of course, some of it was like, oh, wow, didn't know I had that muscle. <laughs> you know, left side is still shot, which we're currently working on. Right. Uh, but I enjoyed it. I liked it a lot. Yeah. For sure. What, what was the what was the worst part? 
Uh, the, oh, wow. The worst part. There's so many. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. That really kicked my ass was when you're like, all right, well, we're going to hit the, the water bag. Oh, hold on. Here's a 20-pound vest. So I'm going at it. And then the second, oh, you know what? Why don't you put on this band around your knees, restricting you. The hip bands. So you're forced to open your legs. <laughs> With the 20-pound vest, 10-ounce or whatever ounce glo- boxing gloves. All right, yeah, now yeah. go for it. And it's like, holy shit. You should have 16s, by the way. You should not have 10s. You should have 16s. Oh, okay. <laughs> I use 14s, and I weigh 133 pounds. All you right. should be using 16s. Well, <laughs> I'm also, again, <laughs> like 80 pounds heavier than you. So, so. You, sh- you should be using 16s, God is all I'm it. saying. You should, you should be using some 16s. Sympathy, man. <laughs> um, yeah, that. And I mean, besides like my, my forearm, like, <laughs> like that muscle just like cramping up on me when I had that, the, the sandbag, the sandbag, you know, uh, bench pressing that. I mean, I don't know. It, I I would say, oh man, I, it was definitely the bench pressing shit we were doing. Um, and what kicked my ass the most was the offset stuff with the steel the steel mace. Oh, doing the bench, especially of course my left side. You know, my arm is wiggling like Bambi's leg when he was first born. <laughs> um, yeah, that was that that was very interesting to me. You know, because you're, you're not just concentrating on bench pressing. It's keeping your body balanced too and forcing your body to stay like to the right as the weight is coming down on you to the left, you know, and keeping that bar balanced while benching at the same time. So you're not even, it's not even just like bench pressing in my opinion, you're kind of working out other things, you know, just trying to stay stable. Well, that was the point. Yeah. And that's when I like, cause if I, if I wanted you to do weight, which I did, I gave you the sandbag. Yes. I was like, here oh wait. yeah and then eventually i was like i can't do this oh my god so he had to give me a sandbag to do some reps on but yeah no i i'd say the bench press uh the push-ups on uh that like iron gym thing uh kind of kicked my ass and i'm ashamed of how many i was only able to do but um what's more sore your upper body or lower body uh at the moment i can't really feel anything um I mean, maybe my back. I know I could. I'm probably gonna feel it a little bit um, in my left arm, my uh, bicep, probably like behind whatever uh, tricep. Tricep. Yeah. Tomorrow morning, but I don't know. I'm gonna be right now. I feel fine sitting in this nice, comfy, cushiony chair. That's that's for sure. I'm gonna be getting a rumble roller in the near future. Ooh. It's the angel kisses. Are those are those uh, pricey? How much are they? Angel kisses? Yeah. It's like 40, 60 bucks. Oh, okay. It's not bad. I oh, want... that's right. Yeah, we talked about that earlier. Yeah. I want one for myself anyways. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll stick with the uh, the preschool one you have. No, I'm getting rid of that. No, why? no donate it. <laughs> <laughs> Let me have it. <laughs> getting rid of it. You have to use the rumble roller. No, please. <laughs> please. <laughs> Did you know you can get them with extra stiff nubs? I didn't know there were stiffness levels you can Does get. Does anybody know what you're talking about? I think we talked about we it. We talked about it. Yeah, the last episode. Okay. I'm, I'm sure there's people who don't listen to every single episode. So they don't I know. honestly thought, by the way, that that was going to help my back and I was going to feel great the next day. Not even close to that. 
Not even close. <laughs> I. It's funny because it wasn't my entire back. It was my mid to lower back, but it was like certain points, like literally where those nubs were digging into. And you're like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, no, that I, I have to start out simple, like that green one you have. Nice and smooth. <laughs> Just a little bump every now and then. Yeah. No, you, you get, so that's supposed to stimulate deep tissue massage. Yeah. I feel like I have to do it every day and then work myself up to that, though. I guess. I mean, like, I foam rolled for, like, two years when I got a rumble roller at the gym. And then I was like, oh, what's this? And I was like, ooh. But then, like, quickly, just because it felt so good, I was like, oh, okay, it's digging in. Yeah, and I did I did that roller, what, twice? And then I was introduced to that one? Yeah, so <laughs> kind of different situation, bud. <laughs> to someone who's always apparently, you know, who's always had a stiff back never done that in his entire life that's why you that's why i feel like you need it the most because your back is so tight and there's so much lactic acid to be released there's so much tension to be removed i guess i I, you know what i i trust your judgment i guess you're in better shape than i am so you know it's your word you know what we'll do the tens unit after this real quick you know what let's end it let's end it so we can do do the tens unit because I got stuff to do, but um, for those listening, please watch this Saturday to follow through on Demetrius Johnson and Henry Cejudo and TJ Dillashaw versus Cody Garbrandt for some awesome fights. Go to a local bar, pay for it. It's worth it either way. It's worth it. Those two fights will be definitely worth it. I don't know about the rest of the card, but I know the main event is going to be pretty sick. Yeah. But uh, all right. Have a good week, everybody. Yeah. Peace. Peace.